0: Welcome to another edition of the Carboline Tech Service Podcast. I'm Jack Walker. I forgot to say that last week. Yeah, you did. I was wondering if people would ever call in and say, hey, who was that guy that was hosting with you? I mean, I'm unforgettable, right? I mean... At least in your mind. That's all that matters, right? (laughs) So anyway, with me as always is the Director of Technical Service. That's Paula and You can always hit us on email at technicalserviceatcarboline.com. So this week, we're going to talk about one of the things that is of great confusion when it gets into the coating of concrete world is moisture. Everybody knows moisture is bad, like crossing the streams bad, but there seems to be a huge confusion between hydrostatic pressure and moisture vapor transmission rate.
1: This is how big of a topic these are. We're gonna cover these in two different segments. Sure. We're only gonna really talk about hydrostatic pressure today, and we're gonna leave moisture vapor transmission or water vapor transmission that's going to be another podcast that we're going to do in the future because there's really, we're trying to keep them so that you can understand their, the separation between them.
0: Well, there's a lot more to say about moisture vapor transmission than there is about hydrostatic pressure.
1: Yeah, there really is. It's a, that's a complicated process.
0: So with hydrostatic pressure, and, and I've heard this from people within the industry ask a question about hydrostatic pressure and what they really are asking about is moisture vapor transmission rate. Because without getting into specialty coatings, There isn't a whole lot you can do about hydrostatic pressure.
1: The real key to keep these in perspective is breaking it down to its most simple form, hydrostatic pressure, breaking it down, it is static, meaning not moving, and hydro water. So this is going to be stationary water that is up against your surface. That water can be tied up in the soil. It can be because you are below the water table in your area, or there could be an artificial Water table that's created in a space because you interfered with the flow of water from one area to another. There's a lot of different ways that these zones can be created, but it's always going to be an area where the water has come to and stopped. Correct. So that means the pressure is always constant.
0: We're not going to get into Pascal's law or anything like that. But no. and one of the that was things... some ear. We call
1: that ear candy for the engineers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One of the other things to remember about this, hydrostatic pressure is always going to be below grade. Correct.
0: So it is a thing that you're going to see. If you have an above grade slab that you are dealing with, hydrostatic pressure is not a thing. Unless somebody dug a hole underneath that slab and is shooting the fire hose at said slab.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Unless I guess that would be interfering with the flow of the water, huh? Unless Pennywise the
0: Clown is under your slab. <laughs> so hydrostatic pressure is always a below-grade thing. Moisture vapor transmission happens below-grade, on-grade,
1: all of the above. Okay. I mean, you deal with moisture vapor transmission just in an office space. That's sure. what you breathe. That's the moisture coming out, the humidity in the air. The other thing to keep in mind
0: is... Hydrostatic pressure, you absolutely have to go to a very limited number of specialty coatings. Moisture vapor transmission in concrete, there are allowable rates for all coatings. Now, sometimes if you have high moisture vapor transmission rates, you do have to go to specialty coatings, but there are allowable rates because the moisture vapor transmission is measured in a per area per time type of number.
1: Right. So when, if you remember back to episodes number 17 and number 41, we did an update to the SSPC SP13 NACE number six, which is the surface prep of concrete segments that we did. When we're dealing with moisture content, like Jack said, the square footage per time, one of the most common ones is the ASTM F1869. And that is the three pounds for in a 24 hour period for a thousand square feet kind of test. That's that measurement we do with the calcium chloride.
0: We are again, Paul. We're. Coming up on October, and we're going to be at WebTech. Well, kind of. We're going to be virtually at WebTech from October 5th through 9th. Make sure you go in there. There's a thing called Power Hours, and you can meet with a coding expert from CarbLine to talk about whatever your situation is and ask questions and learn about products. And that's Power Hours at WebTech. That's October 5th through 9th. If uh, you do that, you can ask us about a certain product, Paul.
1: Yeah, one of the main products we'll be talking about is Reactamine 760. Basically, you're looking at a hybrid plural Technology that has great microbiological induced corrosion, MIC, for those of you on the know, and uh, hydrogen sulfide protection. Yeah. So ask them about it when you get there.
0: Absolutely, it is also certified for NSF ANSI Standard 61, so you can use it for potable water as well. And
1: it will also be NSF 600 certified when that rolls around January 1st, 2023.
0: Exactly. That's Reactamine 760 and uh, WebTech. Thanks. So now we're going to break down hydrostatic pressure in the most common way that people, at least in the Midwest, can relate to because we have basements here in the Midwest. With hydrostatic pressure, remember that we talked about concrete being a sponge, okay? We talked about that in those episodes, the 17, for sure. So I want you to think about a below-grade basement that's concrete-walled. Now, the best way to give an example of hydrostatic pressure would be a pool of water sitting underneath the topsoil leaning against the concrete wall of the basement
1: and this truly is the way it is when when we talk about buried service as Carbline and many other paint companies consider it the same way buried service is the same as immersion service because there is so much water that's in the soil it's going to hold it at and up against your surfaces.
0: This is why in most new construction, you will see when they do a below grade concrete foundation, they will typically coat the exterior of the walls prior to backfill. This helps create a barrier that is less permeable than the concrete. This is kind of important because a lot of people like, I would love to, I got that center block basement. I would love to go down in my basement and put like, an inch of polyurea and just be done. Yeah, that would would take care of it. Well, kind of, but then I would have water in between my
1: cinder block and my polyurea. Yeah, but you could eventually control it just from the inside. And I know we've talked about this a lot as a problem in basements, but keep in mind, a basement really isn't much different than just a concrete tank. It's got four sides and a bottom. And if you were to fill your basement up with water, it would generally hold water. Yeah. So we frequently will talk with people about the same thing. It's a concrete tank, a swimming pool, a basement. Anything that's below grade and made of concrete is going to behave similarly. And one of the things that governs that rate of how fast does moisture or how much pressure does moisture present there, it's going to be dependent on what's on the inside and the outside. So in a basement, you have visible moisture that you can see come through when you have these hydrostatic problems because there's no pressure on the inside and the water is always going to go to the less concentrated and path of least resistance so it tries to come through you'll see a lot of times when people do a lining on a concrete tank especially one below grade they can go for years and years and years and as long as that tank is always full There's never a problem. As soon as they take the water out of it, or the sludge out of it, or whatever it is that's inside of it, when that pressure is removed from the inside of the tank, that's when you start to see these blisters and delaminations happen. Like Jack said, with polyureas, it's a big thing because... Their cohesive bond is very, very strong, but their adhesion is frequently very low. So you end up with this blister that stays together because it is so strong to itself that it doesn't break open. But now you have this blister with water on the back of it.
0: That's why I said an inch. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Very, very cost prohibitive even, even working for
1: the paint company, it's cost prohibitive.
0: Yeah. So let's kind of review here about the big
1: factors with hydrostatic pressure. It's almost always going to be below grade. It is involving non-moving water. It's the water that's sitting up against the wall that's, that's static in the soil.
0: And it creates that non-moving... It still creates a pressure on that concrete surface. If you think about it like a water balloon... So you got that water balloon just sitting on the table... Non-moving. Take a needle, poke a hole in that balloon, a little stream of water just comes out. It's the same thing as if there were to be any problems with your concrete or foundation. It is constantly applying pressure to that area, allowing a release of the water.
1: And like we said, the best way to help minimize these effects, if you're in an area with a high water table or a lot of moisture through the area in an area that gets a lot of rain, one of the best ways to help minimize these effects, we're never going to eliminate it or prevent it, but to minimize it is with good moisture control on the outside of your surface when you do the install. That's with coatings on the outside or moisture vapor barriers on the outside of it. That's with good water management and water controls on the outside, whether that is with drain tiles or with, with actual piping features that they put in, gravel with drains at the bottom of it. All of those things are going to help move the moisture away from your concrete bowl.
0: Because hydrostatic pressure will always cause traditional
1: coatings to fail. It really is just a matter of time. Sometimes it happens quick. Sometimes it takes a while, but they will fail from hydrostatic pressure.
0: I think that's all we have to say about this topic. We will definitely have a episode in the future where we address moisture vapor transmission. It'll kind of be a little bit more of a review from episode 17, but it will be strictly on moisture. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next Monday.